Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, just real quick before we get into the lesson, I had, uh, I had some help this morning with some volunteers kind of help me do this. Um, and underneath your pews, there are three $25 gift cards. Do not look right now. They are taped up underneath the pew. There are three 20. I just want to be a blessing to you guys. This is not the church's money. This is Bryce's money. All right. And so here in a minute, you will have a chance to look under your seat. Let me give you the rules first, though, okay? No grabbing underneath your neighbor's seat. That's rule number one. Rule number two, no running up and down the aisles. Only your seat counts, all right? If you see it next to you and nobody's sitting there, it's for the person in the second service today, all right? So no, is everybody clear? All right, three, on the count of three, look under your pew. Three, two, one, go. All right, made you look. There are no gift cards underneath the seats. I'm sorry. I'm just having a little fun with you today. Uh, the title of my lesson is The Lies We Believe. <laughs> the lies. <laughs> the lies we believe is uh, what I want to talk to you just for the next little bit. Uh, this morning, and um, I'm not a liar, so <laughs> this helps set the, the message up, but um, here's a key thought this morning, and uh, it's, a, it's a thought that I'll repeat throughout, but is this, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. And so to illustrate that thought to you, you believed my lie and you acted on it. All right? Some of you down for the gram, you are flat on your back for a second looking for this gift card. All right? A lie that we believe to be true will affect our life as if it were true. And the sad thing is, is that there are many people today who are believing the lies of the enemy, believing the lies of the devil, and it is affecting their life. And I believe it's robbing them of all that God has in store for that individual, for their life. And so I want to start this morning by looking at a couple different strategies. One, the devil's strategy, and then look at the strategy of Jesus. John 8, 44 gives us the, it gives us the devil's greatest weapon, all right? If, I, I know he's got a lot in the artillery. I know that he's got a lot in the toolbox, but this is the devil's greatest weapon. It is the lie. Lie. The Bible says this, that when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is what? He is a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies. That's what he does. And so Jesus, on the other hand, his greatest weapon is truth. John 8, 32, Jesus said, and you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. A, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. For example, for years, people did not believe that the world was round, and they believed that the world was flat. There are still some today that that do believe that the earth is flat, and I could, if you, I don't encourage anybody to really kind of go off and, and, and go down that rabbit hole because I'm telling you it's a dangerous one for people to go into because I've seen people absolutely walk away from Christianity, walk away from even believing in God by simply going down this trail. But at one point long ago, they, there was this, this common thought that, that, that the earth was flat, and therefore, whenever, the, uh, whenever they would venture out, the, they wouldn't go very far on the ocean because they believed that if they went too far, they believed that they would fall off because they believed that there was an edge, that the earth was flat. But that wasn't true. But because they believed the lie, it affected their lives as if it were true. Did any of your parents tell you as kids or maybe, or, you know, maybe you told your kids this, that, you know, if you keep crossing your eyes like that, it's going to do what? It's going to stick, right? It's going it's to get stuck like that. There's a lot of kids that that believe that growing up, and you probably laugh because you believe that growing up. Like, man, if I keep crossing my eyes like this, it's gonna, it's gonna get stuck. And so, uh, some of there, but more on a spiritual note, there are some that are believing a lie, and it's hindering them from doing, accomplishing, and experiencing all that God wants for your life. Because a lie believed as truth will affect your life, and so looking under the chairs just like as you did, as if it were true. Understand this. When we talk about Satan, we are talking about a being. We are talking about one that absolutely hates God. Hates God. And so the greatest way for him to get to God, to sort of hurt God if he, if he could at all, would be to hurt the ones that God loves, to hurt God's people. And the greatest way that he does that is with the lie, is with his deception. So I'm going to give you a couple ways that the enemy plays sort of mind games with us because that's what it is. It's a mind game. And the Bible's going to let us know that. The first way is this. The enemy imitates. Everybody say imitates. Imitates. He loves to imitate that which God has done. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. That word transform is talking about disguise, all right? Another translation says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. You see, you got to know that darkness and, and light are metaphors for evil and good. If anyone sees an angel of light, it will automatically seem to be a good thing, a good being. In the Bible, light is a spiritual metaphor for truth and, and God's unchanging nature. And so 
When 2 Corinthians tells us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, it means that Satan capitalizes on our love of the light in order to deceive. He wants us to think that he is good. He wants us to think that he is truthful, that he is loving, that he is powerful. All the things that God is. That's what the devil wants you to think about him. You see, to, per- to portray himself as a, a, as a dark, devilish being with horns and a, and a pitchfork, that's not going to be very appealing to the majority of people. Most people are not drawn to darkness, but they are drawn to light. Therefore, Satan appears as a creature of light to draw us to himself and to draw us to his lies. He takes something that is evil and he makes it look good. He imitates is what he's doing. It's like whenever you walk into a grocery store and and you're walking down the aisle and and your wife sent you, she trusted you to go to the grocery store to, to get the right things. Sadly, I have failed at that. Thank God I live in town. But even in town on the other side, going back to Walmart just feels like an eternity to go back to. I hate going back. I hate returning. I'd rather chance it and, and, and just, you know, let's, let's, let's figure something else out with what we got in the, in the kitchen, all right? It's, but it's like you're in, in the grocery store and you're walking up and down the aisles and, and all of a sudden something catches your eye and you look over and you see this tub of crab meat that's, that's $4.99 for a tub. And you think to yourself, my Lord, if I go to a restaurant, that's like 20, 25 bucks. So I'm going to pick up this crab meat. I'm going to bring it home. My wife's going to think it's going to be so romantic. We're going to have a Friday night, just seafood buffet. We're going to make this thing happen. This is going to be great. My wife is going to love me for picking this up. Till you look over and you really start to see that it's not really crab meat. But what is it? Imitation crab meat. I'm not a big seafood person, but I do know this. You do not find crab meat for $4.99 a tub at the grocery store. Satan loves to imitate. Many people, they, I, there are many people that want intimacy with God. They want a, a relationship with God. You'll hear people say, I want a living expression with the living God. But sadly, so many times they settle for an imitation of religion, an imitation of, uh, 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 of I don't do that and I do this and I can't go. All this ritual stuff that doesn't have context or meaning to it. It's an imitation is what it is. We got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ or none of this other stuff even matters. It doesn't matter. And so Satan imitates. He plays mind games with us. Another thing that he loves to do is he he deceives. So he imitates. He, He deceives. The enemy that we're talking about this morning is a deceiver. Look at the scripture, 2 Corinthians 11.3. The Bible says this, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, that your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The evil one that we're talking about, the serpent, Satan, 
He deceives. Let me give you an example of how this takes place, uh, uh, how this can take place. Uh, Cody, would you throw that picture up that I gave you earlier? Here's a picture. Everybody see that face? Everybody see the face? If you see a face, raise your hand. All right. Kind of tilt your head to the right and tell me what you see. Everybody see liar? If you see liar, raise your hand. Right? Sometimes what you see, you see something here that looks like one thing, but in reality was something different. And and that's what I'm talking about. That's what our spiritual enemy will do. He'll take that which is evil and he'll make it look good. And he'll take that which is good and he'll make it look evil. He's a deceiver. He's an imitator. He is a liar. So, Bryce, what do, what do we need to do then? Like, what are, what, are, what are some things that we've got to do? What does the Word teach us to do? Where is the place that we need to get to? Well, the Bible talks a lot about our minds being renewed. Our minds being renewed. And there's a few things that the Word teaches that's, that we do in order to experience a renewed mind. Here's the first one. We must recognize the enemy's lies. You have to acknowledge the lies that are being told to you. Proverbs 14 talks about how there is a way that what? Seems right. There's a way that it it appears right. It looks right. It may feel right. But in the end, the Bible says that it really leads to what? Death. It leads to destruction. A lie that is believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Case in point, Genesis, the Genesis account, what did we see? We see Satan through the serpent telling a lie. If you eat of the fruit, you will become what? Like God. That's a lie. It's deception. If you eat of this fruit, you will not surely what? Die. What is this? This is, again, deception. That's how it works. And oh, how the enemy loves to lie to you and how he loves to lie to me. Real quick, I just want to share, and there's many different, many different lies that he'll, he'll come at us with, all right? And so I'm going to highlight just a few, but just know that it is not limited to what I'm sharing, you here, sharing with you here today. There's a lot of different lies that he'll throw our way, but there are some that I believe are common, and I think that will connect to the majority of people that are represented here today. In fact, on any given day, I believe these will these will uh, just make sense to you. And so um, he loves to lie to you about yourself. Satan loves to lie to you about yourself. He often tells lies about yourself. He loves to attack your self-worth. Here's a very common lie about ourselves, and many of us believe this lie. We believe that my my worth is determined by what I do and by what others think of me. My worth is determined by what I do and what others think of me. 
And if I believe this lie, here's how it will affect the areas of my life. If I believe that my life or my worth is determined by what I do, what's going to happen to that individual? I'll tell you what's going to happen to that individual. They're going to become so driven. They're going to become so driven in all that they do. They're going to become at their career. They're going to become a, 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 a workaholic. They're going to become competitive. They're going to be so driven that oftentimes they may sin just to get to the bottom line or the final result. Oftentimes, again, you'll see people become a workaholic and they, they feel guilty if they take time off. Why? Because in their mind, their worth is determined by what they do and by what other people think of them. But what happens is they become a doormat. They become a doormat. They, they will do way too much. They may compromise their standards just to have the approval of others. They'll embrace a life that is a life of fear, a life of rejection, and to try to please people rather than pleasing God. And you know what it is? It's a lie. It's a lie. Here's another lie. A lot of people believe that I am the way that I am, and I can't change. Born this way, right? Is that what the world will tell you? Born this way? I can't change it. This is just how I am. This is who I am. I can't overcome it. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie. If we believe that lie, which sadly there are a lot of people that do, what it does, it leads to us accepting what is without any resistance. It leads to shame. And, and you'll hear people talk about this. I'm ashamed of this that I can't change. It leads to guilt. You'll hear people say, if, if I was only better, I could overcome it. But since I can't, I just feel guilty that I can't do it. And then oftentimes it will lead to giving up. Well, this is just how I am. This is all I'll have. This is all I'll ever be. And so I just give up. And all of a sudden, your purpose in life grows stale. Your relationships in life grow stale. Your contribution to others grows stale. And you say, this is just who I am. I can't change it. It's a lie that we believe. And again, those are just some of the examples. Those are, there are many more that I'm sure if we took the time to have conversation after services today, you could share with, with your brothers and your sisters of all the different things that the devil has tried to lie to you about yourself. The enemy always loves to lie. It's his default. He's a liar and the father of lies. Here's another way he likes to lie to us. He likes to lie to us about the meaning of life and happiness and, and why are we here and what's our purpose and what truly fulfills us. He'll try to, he'll try to show you where happiness and, and security truly comes from. He'll try to show you that. Here's another way. He lies to you about how you must be in, in control to be happy. Things have to be the way I want it or I'm miserable. He'll try to get you in that mindset. How do you know if this is you? Well, if you have ever 
if you are ever not driving in the car and you can't keep quiet about how to do it and where to go and slow down and speed up and brakes, you're a control freak. Either own it or become a driver's ed teacher where you have the brakes on your side. <laughs> Everybody's nudging each other, like looking over at their spouse, like, bro, this is, this is for you today. If you're a person who's running late and things aren't going the way you want it to and you make everybody miserable, and you're trying to take control when control belongs to God and God alone? Come on, somebody. The devil will lie to you and think, hey, if you're not in control, no, nothing's right. Nothing's good. you got to be in control in order to be happy. Another category that he loves to lie to us about is he loves to lie about God. Oh, how he loves to misrepresent God. Here's one common lie that a lot of people believe. The more that I do for God, the more he'll love me and the more he'll bless me. And if I do all of these good things, oh, he'll love me and oh, he'll bless me. Let me tell you what that lie leads to. It leads to what's known as legalism. It leads to a works righteousness. And please don't misunderstand me up here. I do believe we got to believe and obey. Faith without works is dead. I, I believe all of that stuff. I'm talking about our mindset about things. That if I do, I'll be rewarded. If I do all of these good things, if I help the old lady across the street, if I help them pack their groceries in, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but we don't do those things with an expectation of God's going to love me more. And God's going to bless me more than the next person. What, what that will do, church, is that will lead to a very critical attitude about other people. Oh, they're not carrying their weight. Oh, they're not as spiritual as me. Oh, they're not doing that. They should be doing that. Oh, and my husband is not, he's not a spiritual leader like he should be because he's not doing the things that I'm doing. It leads to a critical attitude of other people. Here's what else it will lead to. Often is a secret sin because we have the outward ability of appearance of righteousness, but inward we have our own little secret sin of our own little release that nobody knows about. It leads, you know what it can lead to? It can lead to burnout because I'm telling you, that life gets old. It gets tiresome. You can't live that forever. But it leads to burnout. And you'll hear people say, and I've heard people say, I hate the church. I'm sick of the church. I'm sick of all this stuff. Why? Because they believe that misrepresentation. Here's another thing that Satan loves to lie, a lie that he loves to tell about God that God would never do that for you. Oh, yes, God God will bless you. God, God, God may even answer some of your prayers, but he'll never do that for you. That's a lie. 
Truth is, God is no respecter of persons, and he wants to pour out his love in supernatural ways. Along those same lines, another lie people believe is they believe that what I've done is just too bad for God to forgive. Oh, God can forgive others if they did it, but not me. No, no, no. I'm living with this forever. This is not going away. He is not going to forgive me. And I'm telling you, the list goes on and on and on about the lies that we believe. If you've ever believed any of those lies before or are believing some of them, would you be so bold to just raise your hand or just blink at me five times? Thank you for those that raise your hand. Because I'm talking about getting to place to a place of renewed mind. And the first thing you got to do is you have to acknowledge the lie. You have to call it what it is. You must recognize the lies that he is using. Another thing that you have to do and that the scripture teaches us to do is we resist the enemy's lies. We draw a line in the sand and we begin to fight back. This is what James tells us. Submit yourselves then to God. And the Bible says, and do what? The Bible says, resist the devil. And what will he do? Thank you. He will flee from you. Brother Rice, when's he going to flee? When you resist, when you fight back, when you draw a line in the sand, when you've acknowledged the lies that he's spewing toward you, and you resist, and you fight back. I mean, do you remember what happened in Matthew chapter 4? When Satan comes and he tempts Jesus, Jesus was hungry, and Satan came up to him. He said, oh, you look kind of hungry. Why don't you take that rock and speak to it and turn it into bread? And what did Jesus do? He heisman him. He stiff-armed him, right? And he said, no, 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 no. I resist you. I fight back. It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Somebody needs to learn that this morning. Come on, we don't not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. His word is true. His word is faithful. His word is everything that you need. Did Satan go away? No, not yet. Satan says, ah, can't get him that way. Um, and rest assured, Satan will do the same with you. Ah, uh, can't get him that way. There's got to be another avenue. There's got to be another road. I'll come at him from another angle. He said, okay, so, so, so God loves you, and you're so big, and, and, and okay, so you're the, you're the Messiah, so why don't you just throw yourself off of this cliff and, and let the angels come and, and save you? Jesus again resisted. He said, it is written, thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to test. Satan gone at this time? No, still there. Still there. He comes at him a third way. Oh, look at all this. Look at the glory and the and the splendor of the world. Would you like this, Jesus? You, you would, wouldn't you? You would really like this. And here, here's all that all you have to do. It's all yours. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. 
The third time, Jesus is weak and tired, but he's still led by the Spirit. You can be weak and tired, but you can still be led by the Spirit of God. Jesus resisted. He said, it is written, worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And after resisting the enemy three times, what did Satan do? The Bible says that he left and the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Church, you do that. You fight back. If you don't resist the enemy's lies, you are going to remain ensnared. And I don't know which one you want. Do you want the truth or you want the trap? I don't know about you, but I want the truth. I don't want to be ensnared. The truth is what's going to set you free. The lie will trap you. It'll trap you into the enemy's plans. And, and, and the, the thing is, this isn't a game. This isn't an exercise here today. This is not a game. We are not up here playing church. We are not up here playing good guys and bad guys. This is a spiritual deal that we are doing. This is life and death. This is fulfilling God's uh, potential or missing the mark. I can't tell you how important it is what we're doing here this morning. There are many today that do not have a sound mind. It's because they couldn't acknowledge the lie and they didn't resist the devil. They couldn't acknowledge the lie and they didn't resist the devil. I'm talking about the lies we believe today. So our music comes. I just want to hit on this real quick. Because I know that I know that this could be a sensitive topic, but I'm what I'm getting ready to share. Did you know that oftentimes the the devil will try to deceive you or lie to you through the people that you love the most? Oftentimes, he will try to lie to you or deceive you through the people who love you the most. I've seen this play out. Especially when somebody decides to do something for God. Somebody decides to live for God. We're going all in. As a youth pastor, I saw it with students who made a commitment. We're going after God. We're going to live for God. We're drawing a line in the sand. We are, we are going to worship God. We are going to let our lives honor God. I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm called to the ministry. And then only to go home and share that with their family. People that love them. People that want the best for them. They're not, they're not trying to hurt their kids or anything like that, but they're just not of the same mind. They don't understand what's flowing through that child. What they see is risk. What they see is something that seems dangerous, something that seems scary. All that young person is trying to do is they're just trying to take a leap of faith and trust God only to hear people say, are you sure? You sure? Don't do that. 
Don't do that. That that seems dangerous. You could do something much more safe. You You could go here. You could be this. It's all set up for you. Here's your future. Walk in it. If you don't believe that about people that love you the most lying to you, here's an example found in the word of God. When Jesus said to those that he loved, his disciples, he said, I've got to go, guys. I've got to, I've got to die on a cross. And the guy who loved Jesus, Peter, said, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Now, was that Peter speaking? Yes, but behind the voice was a voice of discouragement and distraction. And Jesus acknowledged. He acknowledged where the voice, where the power behind that voice was coming from. And he said in Matthew 16, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God but instead the things of men. It's in your mind. Acknowledge the lie. Resist the devil with the truth of God. And lastly, as you stand with me, the Scripture scripture teaches us to renew our minds with truth. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this pattern of this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Now, we are not transformed by just being active. We are not transformed by just religious activity and, and, and just being a bunch of do-gooders. That's not how we're transformed. Where are we transformed? Right here. The renewing of our minds, rejecting the lies and accepting and embracing the truth. We are spiritually and supernaturally changed by rejecting that which is not of God and embracing that which is God. This is something that God tried to show them all the way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve fell. They sinned and they hid. They were fearful. They were ashamed. And they were explaining to God, God, this is what happened. This is what the, we were deceived and this is we ate and we did this. God, we did this. And God said, they, they, you know, God, the, the, the serpent said that if we would eat of this, we'll become like you. Who said that? Who told you that? Who told you that? He wanted them to acknowledge where it came from. Acknowledge who said it. Acknowledge that it's a lie. Acknowledge it. I don't believe you can resist it until you acknowledge that it is what it is. Have you been lied to in here? 
Come on, has the world shown up and showed you all of its glory and glamour and said you could have this and you could do that and you could go here and you could be this? Acknowledge where it came from. Who told you that? And I'm asking you that same thing here today. As you bow your head with me, close your eyes in this place. You've already acknowledged in here, some of you were so bold to raise your hands that I believe some of these lies that you're talking about today, Bryce. I, I, I believe some of those lies and it has affected my life and I have acted and I have done and gone about and operated in a mode, but it was specifically under that veil of I've been lied to. I'm asking you today to lift up your voice and just begin to acknowledge it, that that's a lie. That is not of God. That is not truthful. That is not what the word says. That is not what he promised. Come on, lift up your voice. David said this, we have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare and the snare has been broken and we have escaped. Come on, I believe there's an escape today from the lies that the devil has told you. Come on, you need to experience the truth today in this area of your life. The truth is here to set you free. Come on, God through his spirit wants to set you free. The lie that, that, that's going to bring bondage Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free come on let the spirit of God set you free today would you lift up your voice with me right now lift up your hands come on why don't you just speak some of the word of God as you begin to pray right now stand upon the promises that are yes and amen Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.